This is Fair Issues on the Mormon Faircast. This week's article is entitled, Keeping the Faith, the Confounding at the Tower of Babel, by Michael R. Ash. Read by Ned Skarsbrick. This and other articles by Michael Ash can be found at deseretnews.com. This article was used by permission of the author and the Deseret News. As a young boy, I recall watching a movie that depicted the Tower of Babel story. In one scene, as the tower was being built, the clouds suddenly grew dark. There was a jolt from the heavens, and those people constructing the tower were no longer able to understand the language of the person standing next to him or her. For some members of the LDS Church, as well as some who are not members of the Church, this scenario more or less depicts the events that transpired several thousand years ago in Babel. Other faithful members wonder if the event could be explained from a different perspective. While I believe that with God all things are possible and miracles really do happen, I also believe that God works within a framework of natural laws, and we are far from knowing all natural laws. The topic of how miracles may relate to natural laws will wait for another day. For now, it's enough to know that shifting's one paradigm about the confusion of tongues does not equate to the rejection of miracles. According to Ether, Jaredite history began with the great tower when the languages of the people was confounded. The brother of Jared prayed that God would not confound us, that we may not understand our words and God spared the Jaredites. In Genesis, we are told that the people were all one, and that they had one language until God confounded their language, so they could not understand one another's speech. There are at least three different ways for a believer to interpret this event. 1. Human language changed from a single tongue to multiple tongues in a miraculous, rapid incident. 2. Hugh Nibley points out that confound means to mix up or or together, meaning mixed up with other people, culturally, linguistically, or otherwise. The brother of Jared was afraid that we may not understand our words. Words we cannot understand, notes Nibley, may be nonsense syllables or may be in some foreign language, but in either case, They are not our words. The only way we can fail to understand our own words is to have words that are actually ours change their meaning among us. That is exactly what happened when people, and hence languages, are confounded, Nibley observes. If every individual were to speak a tongue all of his own and so go off entirely by himself, the races would have been not merely scattered, but quite annihilated. We must not fall into the old vice of reading into the scriptures things that are not there. Nibley and some modern scholars believe that all languages initially sprang from a single center. Other scholars disagree. Either way, the influx of foreign languages into a region could confound the dominant native language to a point that original meanings were lost. Third, per the previous discussion, it's possible that the confounding of tongues is an 
anti-theological myth or legend that attempts to explain the divergence of languages. Anciently, such traditions were passed from generation to generation and in pre-scientific era were never questioned for historical or scientific accuracy. While Ether's tradition maintained that the Jaredite language was not confounded, traditions from other parts of the world maintain the Old Hebrew or Proto-Indian-European were the original Adamic languages and that they were not confounded because some people did not participate in building the tower and therefore kept the language alive. We don't have the brother of Jared's personal journal. We have Joseph's translation, which was dictated in King James' vernacular, of Moroni's abridgment of Mosiah's translation of Ether long after the fact traditions. Perhaps the Tower Saga was part of the Jaredite lore which Ether interpreted according to his cultural heritage and recorded on his plates. Ancient redactors or abridgers, which include Moroni and Mormon, were editors who often added to or adjusted elements to fit their view of the story or to square with the conclusions they were attempting to project. Moroni would have been familiar with the brass plates and the likely inclusion of the story about the Great Tower as recorded in the Old Testament. Regardless of whether he abridged Mosiah, the younger's translation of Ether, or if he retranslated the redacted Ether's original record, it's possible that he edited the text to fit his view and understanding of Jaredite origins from the Old Testament perspective. While some believers may prefer either a literal or mythological approach to this topic, we should be careful to understand that a mythological approach doesn't mean that the Nephites were fictitious. Ancient histories and scriptures can contain mythical elements as well as actual history. Brigham Young did not believe that Adam was created from dust, calling it a baby story. And President Spencer W. Kimball said that the scriptural account of Eve being taken from Adam's rib was figurative. If the Book of Mormon was written by real ancient people, it should contain mythological elements. If you like this podcast, you can help promote it by subscribing to it in iTunes or by rating it and writing a review. Post a link on your blog and Facebook page and tell your friends about us. Questions or comments about this episode can be sent to podcast at fairlds.org or join the conversation at fairblog.org. Michael Ash is the author of the book Shaken Faith Syndrome, Strengthening One's Testimony in the Face of Criticism and Doubt, as well as the book of Faith and Reason, 80 Evidences Supporting the Prophet Joseph Smith. Both books are available for purchase online through the Fair Bookstore. Music for this episode was provided courtesy of Lawrence Green. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or that of Fair Mormon. Mormon.